You're listening to the Missionary Perspective Podcast with veteran missionaries Eric Johnson and Joshua Mead. We're glad you could join us. We trust this podcast will be both a blessing and a challenge as we relate topics in world evangelism from a missionary perspective. Now, here's Josh and Eric. Hey, this is Josh Mead, and welcome to the Missionary Perspective Podcast, and I am here today with my wife again. She's doing the part two of our interview. We got uh, to her early stages of life, talked a little bit about your college life, and eventually, today, we're going to get to how my wife and I met, how the Lord put us together. It's I love that story. I love how the Lord did it. I do, too. It's I really love that, how it all worked out. Quite an amazing story, really. We enjoy reminiscing on it and thinking back to it, but that being said, missions and becoming a missionary wasn't really something that was ever on your mind, right? Not until really you met me and the Lord put us together. Was that something? Did you think one day I'll become a missionary? I didn't. It Like, it's funny. I don't know if it's funny or not, but it is not something that I really sure, yeah. like thought about. Right. Not that I was against it. Right. I was never against it. Um, I was a little nervous. Like I always, when missionaries would come in and we would meet them, it's like, wow, you know, you're in a different world or, you know, a different culture and all of that. And I kind of wondered, how do they do it? You know, be just nervous or thinking, I don't know if I could ever do that. That's not something I don't think I could do. But I mean, the Lord obviously um, leads you and directs you where you want it to go. But no, it's not something that I just really never, thought, I never thought, really of thought it, about right. it. Surrendered my life to full-time Christian service, right. was willing to do what um, the Lord wanted me to to do, but I just you never, never thought that that is what He would want me to do. You didn't think you'd end up in Africa someday. Uh, no, I see, never I'm the did. opposite. I knew from the moment God called me, like the same day God called me when I was about 13 years old to missions. I knew I was going to Africa, and so that was something that was always on my heart. And yet, your experience is the exact opposite. You were surrendered to the Lord, but never gave it a, a thought that one day I'd end up in Africa. I always thought, honestly, that I'd be back in Nova Scotia. My heart was there. Um, I loved uh, my province. I love Canada. And that's honestly where I thought. I thought that's where the Lord, maybe that's what I wanted, maybe. I mean, obviously, instead (laughs) of what the Lord had planned for me. Of course. And that's a good desire, you know, to love your country, to want to go back and minister where you're from. Now, Faithway Baptist College of Canada, we both graduated, we both attended there, and they definitely have, still have today, a very strong missions emphasis. Now, was it a strong missions emphasis in your church growing up? Did you guys see a lot of missionaries? We did. And our church supported a lot of missionaries. We're kind of way back in the woods in a sense. So we didn't have tons of people coming through, but we did. Like we did see them when Pastor Reason was there. We definitely had them coming through. So I was in contact and and met a lot of missionaries. So you, you know, you were aware of missions, but it was always just, yeah, in the back of your mind, I'm going to surrender. You went off to Bible college and uh, we've talked about this before. When you moved off to Bible college, there were limited amount of degrees offered. And so you decided to take a teaching degree. Was teaching something you thought you wanted to do or it was just kind of like, you know what, I got to choose something. So honestly, I really don't know. Today, I would think, I don't know if I am really cut out to be a teacher teaching my own children, but um I guess that's that's what was offered. I knew that's where the Lord wanted me to be. Um, so that's what I jumped into. And it's not that I didn't enjoy it. When I went like to Newfoundland, I enjoyed teaching. Um, I really, I really liked it. 
Yeah. Well, you faced a lot of challenges, obviously your last testimony and your last episode, we talked about kind of the challenges you had at college and just the workload that you had. It was probably triple what my workload was. Um, I really had it easy in some ways, just working on campus, never really needing to, uh, work a hard shift somewhere, you know, else and travel and do all that. And so, um, we had a little bit of a different experience there, but you, uh, you graduated the year before I came to college. Now throughout college, you were really busy. Now, you know, you said you barely had time to even do your studies. Was dating kind of a thing you did? You know, were you interested in pursuing guy? You know, is it one of those, a lot of times you go to a Bible college, especially a small Bible college where there's maybe three girls for every guy that's there. Uh, some, some can get a little desperate. Were you, do you ever have that desperation? Like I have to get married. I have to connect to somebody. Or was it just kind of like, you know, whatever the Lord has, you know, I'll, I'll just follow his will. Tell us, you don't have to go into all the details of your relationships. Obviously I don't really care about <laughs> all those past relationships, but tell us about leading up to when you graduated. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because you ended up dating a guy uh, but you didn't really know him that well, right? Talk a little bit about that and then where you went right after graduating from college, what what your next step was. So my last year, I did start dating um, a guy and we we were both very busy, um, but we did work at the same place. So we did get to know each other there, um, but we were working. So it was hard. It was different. And I really didn't have a lot of time um, to really spend a lot of time with him. But we managed. We we had the time. But then after I graduated, um, I think it was near the end of the semester is what I recall anyway, that we actually started dating. And then after I graduated, I went back to Nova Scotia with my family. And then I moved to Newfoundland. Um, and then, then it was long distance. So then it was really hard. He was still in college um, and I was in Newfoundland um, on my own, teaching, busy. Um, we really, we, I think we just disconnected with each other. Um, but I don't know if it was desperation in a sense. Maybe it was. I left college, you know, and you think that if I don't get with someone before I leave college, where am I going to meet somebody? And I wanted to be married. I had that desire to be married and maybe with fear of great, I'm graduated and now there's no young people around. I'm not sure what to do. Maybe I wanted that relationship to work out so bad in my heart. And I know he would probably say the same thing. It wasn't meant to be we probably, I know I personally deep down did not have a piece about it and I'm sure he did as well. Um, but I wanted it to work so bad that I kept it going. Um, and even after we broke up, um, I still pursued and I still wanted him to us to get back together. You didn't, you didn't just break up. You were engaged, right? Yes, we so were we'll, engaged. We'll get, we'll get to all that. So you go off to Newfoundland and um, you're dating this, this, uh, this young man who's still in Bible college. He still has what a year. Did he have yeah. a year? I think a year or two, maybe two years to finish up a year or two left to finish up you and the young guys. I don't know. Anyways. So you, he, you're dating him. I come to college that year and, um, I dated a girl off and on. Um, she was one of the only girls at Bible college that wanted to go to Africa. She actually wanted it. So I thought, well, this is probably the girl I'll, uh, I'll marry and 
said she wants to go to Africa. And of course, through the course of the three years that we dated, that ended up breaking off. And we just, we both knew at the end, it's just, you know, it's not God's will. Well, during that time, so let's, let's fast forward. Here I am, I think it was my third year of Bible college. And uh, events leading up, the girl I was dating, it was Christmas time, and that broke off. Uh, that was done. And then there were events leading up to that same Christmas, uh, Julie and her fiance broke up. Now, I had not at this point met Julie. There was actually a young man in my dorm who was our dorm supervisor. He was a couple years older than me, who had these pictures. It was this shrine on his desk of his fiance, and it just so happened to be Julie. Okay, so my dorm supervisor was her fiance, and he had this shrine of pictures. And then as well, your brother Jerry and I, who he pastors in Kitchener, Ontario, we were great friends and we still are. We hung out all the time together. And um, long story short, that Christmas comes around. I come back to uh, college. I pick up Jerry from the airport. And uh, when I pick him up, he said, Josh, he said, we had a prayer answer. Now, you probably wouldn't want to say this, but her family knew. Sometimes, you know, God will put people in your life, especially close family. If they have insight into your relationship, sometimes they can see things that you don't see. And her family just knew, okay, your sisters, your brother, they just kind of knew this just isn't the guy for you. Nice guy and everything. It was the same with me. My mom had told me, look, that young lady you're dating, she's a nice girl and everything, but I just don't think she's right for you. And again, it's the same with you. It's just like, well... I just kind of feel like this is what I'm going to do, you know, like I'm just, I'm going to do it anyways. It's true. It's just the way it was. And it's hard. Yeah. When it's matters like that to really make, make a, a decision, you know, and your heart gets connected and, you know, you're dealing with matters that go beyond just, you know, thinking logically you're you're connected and, and you, you know, you think you're in love and yet deep down, you know, that this isn't what God's will is. And so you're trying to balance those two things. And so Jerry tells me, hey, we had a prayer answered. And he said that Julie, my sister, is now that engagements broke off. And and I said, oh, that's that's great. You know, I was, I was happy for it, everything good. I, if that's something you guys wanted, if you felt that's the best course. Now, when it happened, I, I want, we're going to get to there, but let's go the day that he sent you an email to break off the engagement. And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be mean uh, to this guy. He's, he's a great guy and everything. So if, if you're watching or if you're listening to the podcast, I doubt he is, but uh, we love you, man. You're a great guy. Nothing against you, but he, I'm sure he would sit here and say the same thing. He sent an email, probably not the best way to break off an engagement. So when you're reading that email, like you're, it, Probably felt like your whole world's just kind of coming apart, right? It was. Because you're scheduled I, to get married. I read it and then I got my mom to come in and to read it. It's like, <laughs> am I reading this right? Am I reading into it? Like, is this what is going on? And then I tried getting in touch with him right after. I couldn't get in touch with them. I didn't know how to get in touch with them. I even called his parents, I believe, and like, what's going on? You know, right. like, I was just trying to figure out what was going on. It was, it broke my heart. It was very hard. Um, but through it all, it's like I was heartbroken, but yet I had a piece. It's right. So it, it was mixed. Yeah. It was like, I know this is a right decision, 
but yet I'm still very heartbroken about it. Yeah. It was just really, yeah, a lot of mixed emotions <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, your, your family was, they, they weren't heartbroken, I'm sure, and everything. They just kind of felt, they knew what was best for they you and knew. they were glad. And of course, tell, tell me that day, we, we talked about this later, but that day, the same day that he emailed you and broke it off, your oldest sister, Jackie, calls you and what, what was that conversation like? Because it's going to play in later to how we got together. So my sister, my older sister knew me, knows me very well. Uh, we are a lot alike in a sense. I don't know. She just knew my personality and knew the type of guy that I needed to have. And she knew right from the beginning that he was not the guy for me. She had nothing against him. It's just, we were not meant to be. So when she called, basically she was sorry that I was hurting, right. <laughs> basically, but glad that it was done. And by now, the end of the conversation, she, mentioned somebody. she said, great, now you and Josh can get together. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like at that time, I did not even know him. Like yeah. I had, I, I don't think we even met at we that point. We never met. Unless it was at college. I yeah, don't it even was think never, then. never an intentional like, hey, this, I had met your two sisters and we'll get to that story. I'd met your older sister. I'd met Jill. I'd met Jackie. And of course, Jerry and I were good friends. And so, uh, I hadn't met you. So we didn't know each other. The only thing I knew about Julie was she was engaged to my dorm supervisor and she would send these turtle brownies, this caramel flavored brownies. She would send them to Jerry and I would eat like half of them before he even got his care package. And so I think really that was the beginning of winning my heart too, or was eating those turtle brownies. They were so good. And so let's, let's rewind now. So you, you hear this name, Josh. Now you knew of me because Jerry and I did a lot of videos together. We made a, a hockey trilogy for a convention. And so you were aware. Jerry would come back or Christmas time yeah. or any time that we got back together, like over holidays, right. whenever he didn't have college, he was out over the summer and stuff. And it's all he would talk about <laughs> was Josh and all these fun things. And they would, he would tell all these tricks he did on all of the <laughs> college students in the <laughs> dorm and monkey and all of these things. And then he would sit and we would look through videos of all these videos. So I got to know him by the videos and right. Jerry talking about him. Yeah. And so let's rewind now. Jack, why is Jackie bringing me up to Julie the day that her engagement breaks off? So we go back the summer before. All right. I'm still dating the girl um, that I was dating and Julie's still engaged. Now her family is praying that that'll break off. They, they know it's going to be for the best for her. And I go to camp. Yes. There in Ontario. I was asked to come. I, I think I might've did a uh, promotion video, um, did some recording and, uh, as well, I was a counselor that week. And so while I'm at camp, yes, there in Ontario, one of the main speakers during one of the weeks was a guy named Mike Holland, the assistant pastor of the Bible Baptist church. Mike is married to Jackie, Julie's oldest sister. And so there we are at camp, we meet and Mike is a great guy. I mean, just, if you don't like Mike, you got a problem. Okay. Just a funny guy, just laid back, um, just a genuine human being. And so we really connected, had a great time together and, uh, got to know Jackie a little bit. Well, Jackie began just sensing 
Josh and Mike seemed to have a similar personality. And so she felt that I would be compatible and be a good match for Julie. So she began praying, unbeknownst to either one of us, after she met me, that I would hook up with Julie, basically, that the Lord would put Julie and I together. So that's summertime. We're both engaged. You know, I'm not engaged, but we're, we're, you know, I'm dating, you're engaged. And so this whole time, a few months are going by, and she's praying, praying that we'll get together, praying that the Lord put us together. Well, then I ended up breaking off, and and that was done with the girl I was dating. And then Julie, uh, that whole thing was broken off. And of course, she's you know suggesting you and Josh get together, and so she's she's ready for this thing to happen. And I'm still unaware. I'm clueless, you know, about anything that's going on, and the Lord hasn't begun working in my heart. So you go back after Christmas, you go back to Barrie, Ontario, where you were teaching. So tell us, as we get into the story, you taught in Newfoundland for a year, and then from there, you went to teach in uh, Barrie, Ontario. From there, I decided that for just different reasons, I loved Newfoundland. Yeah. I loved teaching. I loved the people. I loved the church. Um, but I just did not have a piece about um, going back the next year. There were different reasons. Um, talked with my mom and stuff. And we just came to that conclusion. And I felt the Lord was leading me elsewhere. I had no idea where. When I said that I was not returning um, at the school there, I I had no plans. I had no idea where um, the Lord was going to send me next, or even if I had an opportunity. I was just praying. I was praying that the Lord would open a door. And my really good friend, Janice, who I went to college with, with um, she was roommates a couple of years. We just became really good friends. Um, she got in touch with me and she said, Julie, there's an opening. This was after I already told them that I wasn't coming back. She mm -hmm. called and she said, there is an opening for um, seventh and eighth grade at the school where I'm teaching at Heritage. And she said, you need to come. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. We can be roommates. We can hang out. I'm thinking junior high. <laughs> like I just taught all elementary grades because in, in the school I was there, I had uh, kindergarten. I had, it's almost like what I'm doing now. <laughs> Homeschooling. Yeah, I had, um, I think a fifth, a sixth, I think a third grade, third, and then fifth and the sixth. Okay. Um, so it was like a mix and I was doing mix, a Becca and another curriculum. So it was all different. It was, um, it was crazy. It was, I learned a lot. I learned a lot that year. Um, so then she said, um, I'm going to let the pastor know. So she was going to let Pastor Pennell know. I know somebody for the job <laughs> who wants to come. Pastor Pennell ended up calling me and we had an interview over the phone. Okay. And I passed the interview on that call. <laughs> and um, when I was done, I moved there in the summer. It was amazing. The Lord just opened up yeah. every door. Um, and I had a piece. I was scared, but Jan is like, I'll help you. I'll get you started. I'll, you know, I'll be there for you. And I actually loved junior high. Yeah. I, I loved that age. I know a lot of people don't like teaching junior high, but I really connected with them. Um, I also worked in the youth group there with them. Mm -hmm. So I was with them all the time. Yeah. I don't know if they liked me always being with them, but I really enjoyed okay. it. It was um, really a lot of fun. It was great. Definitely. So you moved in with your friend Janice. I did. You guys rented a, a room, a little apartment in the basement of... Not at first. We had a different okay. apartment first. Yeah. Um, and then I don't remember... How exactly? I think we had to move out. Something happened or maybe 
Then we moved into the other apartment. For some reason, either I think maybe she was heading to rent to someone else or something happened there where we were no longer in that. So we were there for, I think, a year in that other one. And then it opened up um, to be to go to the Jessup's. Right. So you ended up living in the Earl Jessup, who was a Baptist church planting uh, ministries. He was uh, the, the founder of that, lived in his uh, basement apartment there. And so you got close with him, close with their family. And I mentioned that because that's going to play in later to even how the Lord put us together. And so you're working in Barrie, Ontario at Heritage Baptist Church and working in the school there, involved in the church, and you're just busy and loving it. You're just I really connected it. with people there, right? Yeah. And, and I had a piece. I've just... I. I told the Lord, I'm just going to give him my heart and just work and um, not even worry or think about. And honestly, like I wasn't concerned about finding um, someone. I had a engaged at right. Oh, engaged when I first went there. Yeah, that's true. That broke off, and you go back and you just get back into life, right? You're not thinking about, you know, definitely. I was content. That's the word I was looking for. I was was very content. When is student convention at Faithway? That's March. March. It just actually just yeah, March. So we're talking like three months after the engagements breaks off, you're going to take your students to student convention at Faithway Baptist College of Canada, where you want to confront for the first time face-to-face since the email, you want to confront your former fiance, right? So that's, that was on your mind, which, okay, all that you're thinking about confronting him. You want to see him face-to-face just to get closure and you got closure during that week. But there's kind of somebody else who is uh, stalking you, maybe? What would be the right word? What was kind of your first impression there of this big, some big, tall, goofy-looking guy? I always, like, I would always be in the gym. I I would go to the auditorium when I had to and my students were performing, but whenever... I just wasn't nothing against performing. I just I was into sports. Into I love sports, sports yeah. and that's where I wanted to be. <laughs> I wanted to be really involved in the sports area. So I was always in the gym. And every once in a while, um, I would see this head kind of <laughs> pop up over everyone else and be staring at me. I mean, there was no way <laughs> you no would not. There. there was no subtlety at yeah. all. You, you know, was, he at was. this point, I knew I was I was pursuing Julie, and I'll get to how the Lord put it on my heart. And I began pursuing her, but when she came, it was just I was focused in, and they had me in the auditorium where Julie didn't want to be. I was in there doing uh, emceeing the events and stuff, and kind of you know doing the in between and some of the entertainment and all that good stuff. And so every chance I got, as soon as there was a uh, a pause in the auditorium, I would run straight down to the gym. And of course, you forget when you're taller than everybody that you stick out like a sore thumb. And so I'd be standing there, my head and shoulders above everybody else. And I'm just staring at her on the other side of the gym, you know, just watch her like, how could I get to, how could I weasel my way in there, you know, get to meet her and everything. And so let's get to, we'll get to that, how the Lord put us together there. So let's, let's go through that story right now. So I get back, uh, Jerry, your brother tells me, hey, we got good news that, you know, that relationship was broke off and uh, we just, we believe this is the best for Julie. And I was, you know, good, good for her. You know, I wasn't thinking about pursuing Julie or great, she's available now so I can go after her. I hadn't really thought of that at all. And I would say it was maybe a month and a half later. So sometime mid-February, maybe that it just, this thought just kind of popped into my mind, pursue after Julie go after Julie. And I'm thinking, where, where is this thought coming from? Like Julie, like Jerry's 
sister, Julie, that Julie? Like, I don't even know her. Why, <laughs> why is this, this desire, this thought just keeps getting stronger and stronger? And uh, it, just kept, it just kept growing. I thought, well, I, you know, if this is of the Lord, then I said, Lord, I'm just going to give it to you. Uh, if you want this to be, then you're going to have to somehow orchestrate this so that you know, it can work out for us to meet and for me to even initiate and pursue a relationship. Now, this was back in the day before Facebook. So I couldn't, you know, go on and creep her on Facebook and try to <laughs> slide into her DMs and, you know, try to get to know her that way. And Barry was about an hour north of Ajax, where the school was. And, you know, when you're in Bible college, it's kind of semi-run, like a kind of semi-prison camp, semi-military uh, uh, boot camp. And so it's pretty strict. And, we, you know, I just I couldn't just get up and leave. And even if I wanted to, I'm just going to show up at your house and be like, hey, I'd like to get to know you a little better. And so this thought just kept coming on my mind. And I thought, well, it keeps getting stronger. And a few weeks went by and I thought, well, maybe I'll joke about it with Jerry, right? <laughs> so we're good friends. We had lunch every day and, uh, oh, that's our timer. So we had lunch every day. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe I'll joke about it with Jerry. So we sit down to lunch one day and I said, hey, you know, uh, you're getting married this summer, Jerry. And Julie was scheduled to get married this summer, but that broke off, obviously, uh, no longer engaged. And since we're good buddies and we do everything together, and if you get married, you'll live off campus and we'll be limited in how much we do together. I have an idea, Jerry. How about I marry your sister? Not because I'm like interested or anything. It'd be purely just like uh, plutonic because we could do things together as friends and, you know, best buddies, you know? And so if I marry your sister, then you and I could do stuff as married bros and we, you know, get in and, you know, just trying to, I was trying to get a response. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta say something about this desire in my heart to pursue after. And he just looked at me and said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to marry my sister. Okay. Trust me. I know you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, know you too well. So anyways, I thought, all right, well, whatever. Well, about a week and a half, two, three weeks later, uh, Al Stone comes to preach in the college. And, uh, while he's preaching there, he had seen the year before one of our uh, hockey videos that we made for the convention. And he said, hey, can you come to Bible Baptist Church? If you're available on a weekend, I want you to come down. I'll pay for your guests to come. And I want to pay you to do a promotion video for Bearing Precious Sea Canada, one of the ministries that uh, he's involved with. And I hope to get Al Stone here soon on our podcast. We'll interview him. And uh, he, so he, he played a little role there in orchestrating us. He didn't know at that time that there was somebody praying that we would get together or that I would be interested or was interested. But he said, why don't you come on down to Bible Baptist this weekend? I said, all right, let me get it all worked out, scheduled. So I came down and uh, it was a Saturday. I arrived and the first person to meet me uh, at the door was Mike Holland, who I just met the year before at the Bible camp. And I said, hey, Mike, how's it going? You know, good to see you. And, and uh, we were kind of joking around. He said, oh, Josh, he said, uh, you dating anybody these days? I said, no, no, I'm not dating anybody. He said, oh, yeah, you're a loser. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, and then in my mind, this thought pops in my mind. Well, this is Julie's brother-in-law. Maybe I'll joke about marrying Julie's, uh, Julie. I'll joke about marrying her 
because I want to hang out with Jerry. So if I marry Julie, I can hang out with Jerry, even though I want to try to just get this off my chest that I want to pursue after Julie. And so I thought, all right, I'll just bring it up that, hey, I'll marry Julie so Jerry and I can hang out because we're good buddies. And just Julie was supposed to get married. Everything's all set and everything. And so how about I marry Julie? You know, kind of, <laughs> you know, joking. And uh, so I said that. I said, hey, you know, but I was thinking, you know, maybe I could marry Julie and then Jerry and I could hang out together because, you know, we're best friends and everything. And so we could do that. And what do you think? And he looked at me dead serious. He said, are you serious? I said, um, what? No, uh, no, yeah, just kind of a joke. He said, well, you better tell my wife that. And I said, uh, well, uh no, uh, no, I'm just joking. Wait a second. Don't bring you, don't bring Julie's sister into this. I don't want this to get back to Julie. And so he's like, Jackie, come here, Josh, tell Jackie, uh, what you just said. I'm now I'm like real nervous. I'm thinking, oh man, if, if this is going to get back to Julie, that some weirdo is talking about marrying her that she's never even met before. And so I said, well, yeah, I was kind of joking, but I said I would marry Julie. So Jerry and I could hang out. You know, that's the only reason. Not, not like I'm interested in Julie. I just want to hang out with Jerry. And she looked at me dead serious and said, would you? Would you marry her? And I went, whoa, wait, wait what? What's going on here? She seemed a little too intent. I'm getting her married off here. Wait, what's going on? And uh, she said, well, I've been praying for that. And my prayers get answered. I went, okay. So I get in my car and I'm driving home that evening. And I'm thinking, all right, so this is something on my heart. And somebody's been praying for this for these many months, like six, seven months now. So on my way home, I said, Lord, I, this is the girl you want me to marry. I'm going to marry her. And I thought, I got to meet her somehow. How am I going to meet her? And so Julie's at home. Now, did you, like, let's be honest, after Jackie mentioned you and Josh can get together now the day that we broke, that you broke off the, that the engagement broke up. Did you have any other thoughts of me after that? Or just, no, like, I never really just thought kinda, of it. It was at that time where comment. I was in the middle of a lot of emotions and stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay. Like, Whatever. I so, didn't really think of it. Didn't really stick mm -hmm. or anything. Yeah, you didn't really think about it much. So just the way the Lord works things out, the very next week. So that incident took place with Jackie and Mike. The very next week. I was asked to go preach in North Bay, Ontario. The church there didn't have a pastor at the time. And so uh, I was asked, okay, choose another preacher boy and choose a piano player. So I grabbed two guys, one who played piano, another preacher boy. We made our way up. As we're driving up to North Bay, uh, it's middle of winter. It's like minus 40. It's ridiculously cold. The car heater wasn't working. Uh, it was a truck we were in and and uh, there was only one vent that worked. And so we're trying to huddle around this vent as we're driving. And so we're making our way up to North Bay. And as we're going, we pass an exit for Barrie, Ontario. And I'm thinking, oh, there's Barrie, Ontario. We're Julie lives. I was thinking, man, if I just had a reason to stop in because Sunday morning church service, uh, they don't have an evening service. They're going to let us get back to college. And so we're going to have a lot of time on the way back. I could probably stop in and meet her. And so I thought, why? Right, what, what could be a good excuse to somehow meet her? I don't know if we can make it in time for their evening church service because it's such you know a long drive. So I'm trying to scheme, how could we meet her? And then it hit me. Well, wait a second, the piano player, he's from Barrie, Ontario. So now I have a reason to stop into Barrie and we can visit his family, but that still doesn't give me a reason to visit Julie. And then it hit me, wait a second, the guy that I chose, the other preacher boy I chose to come with me, he's dating a girl who happens to be Earl Jessup's daughter, who happens to be at home right now, uh, sitting out a semester. 
So I have a reason now, not only to go to Barry, but to go to Earl Jessup's house where Julie's living so I can meet the girl that I'm going to marry that I've never met before so I can at least begin <laughs> pursuing this relationship. So I, I said, hey guys, on our way back, you want to stop and visit uh, Barry and visit your girlfriend? He's like, yeah, of course. So we were really excited. We're on our way back and I'm, ner- I'm excited. I'm nervous. And so we pull in the driveway. It was probably like eight or nine o'clock at night. And so we're just going to stay for an hour or so. And so I, I just, I got to meet Julie. So we pull in, knock on the door and uh, Earl Jessup's daughter meets us at the door and we weren't, we were unannounced, right? We didn't call ahead. We didn't tell them we were coming. And so she screams and slams at the door because I think they were in their pajamas or something. Julie is downstairs with Janice. You guys were doing uh, term papers, right? Or it was school, grading. like yeah. grading or just school stuff. But you heard, kind of heard a scream upstairs. Well, I heard a, it was loud because we're down in the basement and we heard like a really loud scream and the door slam <laughs> or like Janice went right up, I think. Yeah, or, well then- then they came back, they opened the door and uh, Earl Jessup's daughter looked at us and said, what are you guys doing here? And just, I don't know, like my brains, before I can stop what the words are coming out of my mouth, because I, I don't want to, I just want to meet Julie. I don't want to come off as like weird because I'm wanting to marry her before I even meet her. But before I could even stop the words, I started saying, oh, I'm here to propose to Julie. <laughs> like, why am I saying that? <laughs> like, what? And uh, Earl Jessup's daughter kind of looked at me funny, like, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, come on in, she said. So we all came in and sat down. Of course, your friend came up, Janice. She came up and just to see what the deal was. And I'm like, oh, where is Julie? I hope she comes up. You know, she's really busy. And I was in the middle. Describe what you saw. So I was in the middle of telling the story about our only one vent was working. And so we, I would even have to raise my leg up in the air to get warmed. And so I'm telling that story, eating a big chocolate muffin <laughs> yeah. and Julie comes around the corner. Now, my first impression was like the heavens open and a bright light was shining. And there was this angelic choir singing. Oh, it's like, there she is. What was your first impression? Like, I don't know. It was this, this tall guy with a <laughs> muffin in his mouth and he has his foot way up in the air and he's, laughing and yelling or t- I don't know, telling a story or something. Yeah. It was quite the scene when I walk up. She into goes it. downstairs and I'm thinking, well, at least I got to see her, you know, face to face. But then she comes back upstairs a few minutes later with all her schoolwork and sits down in the living room where we're at. And I'm thinking, all right, maybe, uh, there's a little <laughs> bit of an attraction here. Maybe, uh, you know, she's uh, more attracted than I think. Maybe something's going on in her heart, you know? And of course she's, She's not really uh, thinking like this guy, you know, who is this guy? But let's get to what happened that night, okay? And fast forward, you come to convention, you, at that convention, you pursue your fiance, your ex-fiance, you kind of, you get that settled. And then here's this big, tall, goofy guy following you around. And at the end of the convention, ask for your number. And we begin uh, corresponding, calling, and it was just so real, right? It was was, real. I don't know. You can't even describe it. We just knew, like, it was like we had known each other our whole lives. And it was just, uh, we just knew. Now, what happened that night? So let's go back to that night that we showed up on announce. Okay. You're down there grading papers, but then you get a phone call right before we arrived. What was that phone call? So I was talking to my sister, Jackie, um, just before, even before, because I was talking to her for a while. We were, I don't know what we're all talking about, but, um, I was talking to her for a little bit and then there was the loud 
bang, the scream. And so at that point, I said, hey, um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'll give you a call later on. I hear this loud and they're screaming and I just want to see what's going on up there. But during that phone call, um, my sister was telling me everything that happened the week before. (laughs) And she was, yeah, when he came to visit her and she was saying, he said he wants to marry you. And she (laughs) said, I think you ought to go for him. He's a really good guy. And I think you guys would be a really great couple. And honestly, I really didn't think anything of it. I'm thinking, well, how am I even going to meet him or see him? He's in college and we have really no connections and Jerry doesn't have a car. And like, it's just like, I'm thinking, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of weird, like how it all came about. Like, and I honestly wasn't thinking about pursuing anyone. I was content where I was and just serving in ministry. It's only two and a half months after the engagement broke I was very content and I wasn't, I like I was not looking for a relationship. Right. I was still kind of, in a sense, mending. Like the Lord gave me a piece about it all. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't grieving or anything, sure. but just, you know, getting everything put back together. And then when I go upstairs. So you hang up the phone after this conversation, like how in the world are we ever going to meet? Like whatever, you know, the, this And it just was kind of like out of my mind. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's a great idea and all, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking, no, it's just not going to work. Then when I go upstairs, like everyone in the, it's not around the living room. So when we come upstairs, like no one's there. I'm like, where is everybody? I come around the corner and there he is. Like, and I knew, like, I knew his name because Jerry would always talk about him. Right. Um, so like when she said, Josh, I knew what he looked like. It's not like I've never seen you before. Right, right. So I knew what you looked like. <laughs> so when I came around the corner, I couldn't believe it. Like I'm thinking, what is going on? Why is he here? And like all of this stuff, especially since she just talked to me right. about it. So the Lord used that in my life because I honestly... I don't think if my sister said anything about it, I don't think my heart would have been open for it because I wasn't looking for anything. So the Lord used that to really open my heart and to see, wow, Lord, like the Lord, is the Lord doing this? And for me, I personally need it. I think all of my life, I chose every person in my life, like all my boyfriends that I had. Once I wanted to date, I, I wanted it. I never really seek like seeks the Lord, seek the Lord for who I should be with. And I feel like with everyone that I dated, nothing against them. It just wasn't the will for my right. life. And for the one relationship that I I had nothing to do with it. The Lord opened all the doors. The Lord literally brought you right to me. Um, and we just, and I just had such a peace that I never had before with any of the other relationships that I've ever been in. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was so clear how the Lord was leading and directing. And I still, you know, given that you had never thought about missions before your heart was set on, you know, 
ending up in Nova Scotia one day. And so I think there were so many reasons why the Lord did that. And I always try to tell young people, look, not everything's going to be black and white for you. The Lord's not always going to work that way. Um, it is amazing when the Lord does work and he just, I think for me, I was just so, so stubborn me and self-willed that it was just kind of like smack on the back of the head. This is the woman for you, Josh. I'm going to let you know before you even meet her. And then the way he worked just to solidify in your heart, especially for missions, because a lot of times we get the sense that the call, and we're going to have an episode in the future about what is the call to missions. Sometimes we get this sense that it is a specific, like separate special calling to become a missionary when that was never something you sensed. You never considered it until it was so clear that the Lord was putting us together. It was the will of God for us to be together which by proxy of that, it's the will of God now for you to be a missionary in Senegal. And it was a big step because there was a lot of fears there. There was me going out of my comfort zone when I've never left Canada in my life. A lot of unknowns that I had to make that decision. I knew that the Lord brought you to me. Like there was no doubt in my mind. And I had such a strong peace from the Lord knowing that this was his will. But yet there was a lot of things that I had fear of, you know, living in Africa and getting out of my comfort zone. And I am, I am one of those, like I'm a kind of person who I'm very sociable in my comfort zone. But when I get out of that comfort zone and an unknown, I'm very uncomfortable and right. very scared in a sense, right. like very uneasy about that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're, you're going to now be forced to go into this situation you had never considered. Um, I mean, it's everything from deputation, the fear of, I remember just the crippling fear you had of speaking in front yeah. of people. Even when we went before the candidate school, went before the board. Uh, I mean, you were white as a ghost, just scared. She thought she was going to have to, you know, give a dissertation on, uh, you know, <laughs> what it means to be a Baptist I or whatever. I did not but like was- <laughs> talking to strangers and, you know, like bringing it, like talking about missions and stuff. I remember even in college, I was afraid to go up to a missionary and just have a conversation. I was afraid to be um, in a situation where, so I would go in my, go in my mind, okay, I have one question that I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask that one question. And then, then I'd be afraid, well, what if they ask me something else? Or <laughs> what if we're just standing there in dead silence and I have nothing else to say? So I was always afraid, like even like, I mean, Faithway had so big missions conferences, so many missionaries come in and I was always really crippling fear to talk with people. So that was a, it was a definite fear in my life when I, when we first started deputation and just talking to any strangers, like where, just remember where I grew up, a small town of two, 300 people. And I knew every single person. So that was definitely going out of my comfort zone, Certainly. something that I never, ever did. And I think let's save this. We're coming almost up to an hour, 45 minutes or so. And I think maybe in the future, we'll do another podcast talking about some of the challenges that uh, you faced as a, a woman going into missions, a missionary wife, um, and just how the Lord, it's amazing to 
step back and look at your life and watch how God prepares you for greater and greater challenges, how that you face these obstacles that at the time seem insurmountable, they seem insane. And now it's like, well, I mean, that's not really a big deal anymore, but it was preparing you for an even greater challenge later. Like we can even talk about our, uh, our honeymoon. We, uh, <laughs> that's a really good our story. Wedding, actually. <laughs> at our wedding, the gentleman that was supposed to uh, bring our ham. ham, there was a guy from Barry who had I a had catering service. Potato salad and ham. That was my meal. And, and they were flying it in from Ontario because it was a gentleman in the church who had a catering yeah, service. Right? Yeah, he did. And, and so he, he, donated he donated it. He, donated he it, do- yeah. donated it to us. So ham and, and then potatoes, a was... friend was flying who was supposed to actually Pastor, be... Uh, Brett Brett, Pennell, he was Pastor supposed to be singing yeah. in the wedding. Right. And he it was foggy that day. Yeah, he landed in PEI. I think it was a beautiful day in Nova Scotia. But he landed in PEI. Was it PEI? Well, I wherever don't he remember. landed, I don't remember. I no, he was. couldn't. No, I think it he was foggy fog- in, it was. in Nova Scotia and Halifax. Okay, he, they wherever it was, he, they were fogged in, and he wasn't able to land or get in. It was insane. So he had to take all the ham and go home. And <laughs> he uh, did like again, fifty pounds of ham. Yeah. it was so much and, ham. Uh, Mike and Jackie saved the day. Um, they, Mike actually Mike went to he went to Anaganish and, and he got, got all the ham. Yeah, he's uh, oh, it was very yeah, stressful. He's a lifesaver. And then um, it's funny because, okay, everything worked out. We had our ham dinner. And then we're driving that night to go to Halifax, which is Halifax, Halifax. which is about what, four hours away? Uh, three and three a half. half three, 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 three and a half. And I said, hey, let's take the, the shorter route because it, on the eastern she- seaboard, <laughs> which doesn't go through any major towns. By the way, I said it's probably not a good idea. It's best to go through the town. Cause... Well, we get about two hours in and our car breaks <laughs> yes. down. Just, it's done. The alternator's up. It won't. And it's just done. The battery's dead. It's not recharging. And so it's like, oh, we're stuck on the side of the road. There's nobody around. We don't have a cell phone. Um, finally flag somebody down. Like who a, had a cell phone, yeah, I think. And finally he's like trying to who find had a cell phone. We get it connected. Service. We call back home. And they end up getting hold of my parents. So my parents show up. This is like four or five hours just sitting on the side of the road. My parents show up. <laughs> they pick us up. They drive us to the hotel. We get there at like midnight. Midnight or past midnight. It was well, really late. I'm thinking, well, you know, hopefully my parents can get a room or something. Hopefully it's not too late. We get up the next morning and go out. It was like 7 a.m. We go out there and there are my parents waiting for us in the parking lot. They just slept in the car and it's like, oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> for you. Like, like it was. It was. Oh, man. So was. we ended up renting a car and then Sundays, everything was closed in Nova Scotia at that time. So we couldn't get a ba- uh, an alternator to replace. And it was such a hassle. Then Monday, you Monday, got the alternator. We get the alternator, but I couldn't get it out of the car. And we so sat we, there all day. No, we, and we finally got it out. Where we parked the car, where it was, it was right on where he had to be, was right on this huge ant bed. Huge ant bed. So I'm like trying to get all, patting all the ants off of him while he's trying to fix and trying to get this out. And we had this, I, it was my car. So it was like a sports car and it was like the alternator was right down in the middle of the motor. Oh, it was nuts. And so we finally, finally did get it out. And then I couldn't get, um, 
I don't know, polio or whatever. Off, so, so we had to drive it. it all the way. We went all the way back to Sonora. So our second night, we no, third night, we ended up staying in Sonora. We stayed in the uh, upstairs apartment room of her pastor's house. And so that evening, we uh, just hung out and had clams and everything. Clams we and did. mussels we with, hung the out with the family. The family. And, our uh, house was full because all the family was down for the wedding. So And by the time we got to our destination, we, we maybe passed... Around. Out of two money. days, went two days and then ran out of money. We like, almost well, hit a deer. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, like man. a rainstorm. So Jerry, her brother, being the, the preacher he is, he says, well, you know, the ham prepared you for the honeymoon. <laughs> okay, so anyways, it's always, let's let's talk, later we're going to talk about, I think we'll do another podcast where we talk about these challenges, because I mentioned last podcast and even earlier, uh, you know, even when we got together, look, I, from the outside looking in, right? It's only three months after you break off an engagement and three months after I, I broke off with this girl that I had been dating for three years. So yeah, it looks like what is going on? What are these two doing? Like, it's really fast. And so, you know, there were people close to you that were really opposed to it that, you know, they said I, nothing against Josh. I just, you know, they didn't feel that that was right. There were those in your life who felt like, I don't think you could be a missionary. I don't think it's for you. And I, I'll tell you though, that's one of the best places to be is where you say, you know what? I don't think I can do it because then you have to absolutely depend on God. And here we are 16 years as missionaries and we still got a life ahead of us, but we feel like we've just begun. And we'll talk about some of the many challenges you faced on the mission field that we faced on the mission field that we still face to overcome, but how the Lord has just been there every step of the way and Although we could be better at anything we do, it's just seeing the grace of God work uh, through every challenge that we faced. It's just, it's been an amazing journey seeing how the Lord has done that. So as we close off, um, what would be just a word of encouragement to a young person and specifically speak to a young lady who says, I just, I don't think I could do missions. I don't think I could, I'm cut out for it. What would you Give his advice. Is is mission something you felt you were cut out for? I didn't. I honestly, um, I gave it to the Lord. I, my life verse has been Proverbs three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not onto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. And honestly, that's the advice I would give you. Trust the Lord. If He wants you on the mission field. He will guide you. He will direct you. Um, he will give you the strength that you need to be to be where he wants you to be. I'm I'm nothing, and I believe I am here um, because this is where the Lord wants me. I know I am in the center of His will, and. I can give him all the glory for everything that has been accomplished in my life um, because I am nothing without him. And I know that if the Lord wants you to be on the mission field, then he will give you that strength to do it. Um, the Bible talks about um, that we are, you know, he uses those things um, that are, our weaknesses, our weaknesses yeah. and it makes us stronger. And then we, when we do something that we don't feel like we can do and other people don't think that you can do that. And then when we accomplish those things, 
God is the one who gets the glory for that. And that's why he uses people like myself, because in the end, I haven't done anything. I am nothing, but God has given me that strength and he has put me where I am here today. I love it. Well, we always say God delights to take the improbable and use the improbable to accomplish the impossible. And that's really the story of our life is just, this is an impossible work. When you sit back and think about the work of the Lord in a foreign country like this, this is God's work. And if we simply just humbly depend on him, uh, he'll fulfill his will. You can do whatever the Lord calls you to do and accomplish it because it's him doing the work through us. And so I I know this has been a blessing to you. I hope you'll like and share it. Share it with uh, young people that you know in your life, uh, whether it's through YouTube or Facebook or uh, Apple, iTunes or podcasts or whatever you're listening to. Be sure to subscribe and like and share this if you feel it was a blessing. Give some feedback. And uh, if you'd like to hear from Julie in the future, make sure you let us know so we can uh, do another podcast. And we'll do one again in the near future. We might have to change it to a a missionary perspective with Julie, okay? Because we really enjoy having Julie on. And so uh, we look forward to doing that. Thanks so much for taking your time to listen. Thank you. Trust you'll have a wonderful day. This is Josh and Julie from Senegal, West Africa. God bless.